Angela Weber, I'm going to start with you. We watched The Expanse Season 2. What's your favorite thing about it, or at least one thing you really liked about it? The Expanse has given me a whole new perspective on dudes and fedoras. Pro or con, what were you before and what are you now? Uh, before I was like, eh, and now I'm like, oh, uh, hmm. Well, especially <laughs> when you see the haircut under the fedora. Yeah, no, it's like, well, thank God that's there, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh I am going to have Natalie go next. What's your co- top compliment? Oh, I just love how they're always throwing everyone into space. What a, isn't that a great, like, this is how we kill people in the future, is we just, like, open a door? Yeah, it's it's just like throwing someone, like, in the garbage of the universe. <laughs> it's pretty cool. Didn't somebody, have any of you guys read the Mary Roach book about space? Yes, oh. that's so good. Packing it's for so, Mars. Packing for Mars, yeah. I think I think she has a thing about how you would die if you got thrown out of an airlock in that book, but I can't remember what it is. I'm sure it was not great. <laughs> I don't think it's fun. Yeah, I mean, no. the end result is definitely not ideal. <laughs> well, I mean, if like I guess if it was like a, just like... Because I, I, my imagining is just like, poof, gone. But I think it's actually much more painful than that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my major compliment is I love the Space Mormons. Oh my god, yes. Oh, so good. They're it's so good. clever. It's so it's such a cool plot and also like even though they get kind of shafted, but you know, they're going to get their own planets anyway, so it all works out for them in space. Yes. Oh my god. True. And they got the good holographic temples and they still yeah. have their Moroni guy with the trumpet at the tip of their yes, spaceship. Yes, the Moroni. It's so great. Oh, I love it. All right, <laughs> Scott, what is your major compliment? I could watch space battles with point defense cannons all day long. They're so satisfying. It, it is. They wouldn't make noise, obviously, because no. um, it's space. Yeah. I think you would make the noise, though, if you were shooting. While you're shooting. <laughs> yeah. That's the only thing that's that was the realistic. gunny. Yeah. <laughs> is that they're not yelling pew, pew, pew. Exactly. <laughs> There's no sound in space. You have to make it yourself. Yeah, exactly. Good evening, Meat Suits. Welcome back to Read It and Weep. We're a good podcast about underrated science fiction television. We always have been and always will be. <laughs> I'm your host, Alex Falcone, on Twitter at Alex underscore Falcone. And I have such a cool panel today. I'm so excited to have them all uh, together. First of, first up, uh, she's at Fistful of Hollas. Fistful of Hollas on Twitter in Seattle, Washington. It's Natalie Holt. Hello. Um... I didn't kill him because he was crazy. I killed him because he was making sense. (laughs) That line, but with a fedora on. (laughs) Also joining us today, he's at Scottly on Twitter. Scott L-E-Y. I guess I should spell fistful of hollas. Um, (laughs) The end part is H-O-L-L-A-S. Is it like 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 Jewish bread? No, no, it's not fistful of challah. Oh, man, I was getting excited. About that bar mitzvah you were at. <laughs> no, different people. See, you're oh, confusing the two I'm voices. Totally confused. Uh, anyway, Scott Lee on Twitter in Portland, Oregon, holding down the fort. It's Scott Simon. Yeah, yeah, boss. Okay, did you write that down, or was that you just saying words wrong? Um, just so you're all aware, I am will be quoting from the online expanse Belter Creole Dictionary the entire show. <laughs> 
Thank Man, God. I do want to. I do think it's like the Creole part of Belters is one of the. I think one of the more clever, like genuine insights that James S. A. Corey has into space. I think that is a really smart thought about what could happen. Well, it's cool seeing like an advancement of our own languages versus like you know in Game of Thrones they have the uh, what are they called the Mongols right and they're made up language or Klingon, but like this is actually yeah. an evolution of human language. It's and this is how when you get a bunch when you get people from a bunch of different cultures in a in a small area and it's when you're habiting like it tends to happen when you're um, first sending people to new areas. Uh, I yeah, I think it's but very clever. Maybe it would all turn out though like English like. Wouldn't it be interesting if it all just got really elaborate? Can I even say that? I don't think so. I don't know if you can say that, yeah. I don't... Hmm. I mean, I was really waiting to find out what you meant before I decided how I felt about it. <laughs> well, well, you know, we've all seen the things passed around where you see a funny sign that you see when you're traveling overseas, and it says no. something. Uh, you've never seen. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> this is a very elegant Oops. projection of what the future might look like, but the future might not be so elegant as far as the, hang- the language formation. Well, but the language formation has more. To, has to do with like the class and the socioeconomic world of the Belters, which I also think is really cool. Anyway, we'll talk more about that in a bit. And um, the skeletons. First, Sorry. Let's <laughs> the rest of the panel. Uh, we also have join us today half of the nerd folk duo, the Double Clicks, and also host of the podcast, Gosh Darn Fiasco. She's at Angela M. Weber on Twitter, which I always pronounce in my head as Angela M. Weber, like I'm oh. doffing my hat at you. Oh, thank you so much. Uh, in Portland, Oregon, it's Angela Weber. Hello. Can I use a quote from season one? Is that all right? Definitely. Okay. I'm Angela M. Weber, and the history of organized religion isn't exactly strife-free. <laughs> uh, I want to talk about really quick before we talk more about the show, you... Uh, just got in a few hours ago. You just got back to Portland, fresh off your Houston Science Museum bar mitzvah that you were yeah. playing. Not yours, speaking you were of, performing at. Speaking of, you yeah, know, it wasn't my bar mitzvah. Yeah, speaking of organized religion. Yeah, no, uh, this amazing kid, we're his favorite band because we're incredible. Um, <laughs> and he had his bar mitzvah at a science museum right outside of Houston. And everybody was in cosplay and there were dinosaur skeletons everywhere. And we played a concert and it was just super chill and the nerdiest thing ever. There was like a Harry Potter cake and a Lego cake. <laughs> he's, and... So he's, he's omnibus. He takes in all of the different, he, this is, this was not dinosaur themed. This was not science themed. It no. was. Yeah. Every everything. table actually had a different theme and you went and got your like little name card and it was like, we are star Wars or you're Dr. Who, or you're, it's like, him and his mom, like his whole family was just incredible people. I'm just picturing they all these cosplay fun. people running around playing the, uh, dancing the electric slide. Yeah. Sure. It's, it's absolutely <laughs> glorious in my brain right now. Yeah, I'm picturing really what fun. these dinosaurs would think of you guys desecrating their burial ground this way. Yeah, no, that's fair. It was actually in the building, which we kept hearing about, uh, was, is an old haunted prison. Um, oh. so that was, that was exciting. There's a lot of new haunted prisons. All We're not really manufacturing those there. anymore. Yeah, the the dinosaurs were imprisoned there. It was a real shame. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, that does sound amazing. So today, this is episode number 380 of the podcast. Gosh. I know. Ooh. We've now done as many episodes. Angela, thank you for doing that, by the way. Thank you. This is an important part of the show, is that when I say that number, somebody sound impressed. I, um, I'm very impressed. We have, thank you now, for noticing my acting. <laughs> we have now done as many episodes <laughs> as the number of brand tattoos that Jason George of Mumbai, India has on his body. There you go. 
<laughs> he has the record for most brand tattooed human body. Wait, like brand like yeah, as for, in like like the the, just the logos. It's like it's like he's got the GM knee and oh. a and a Google shoulder. He's got a Puma shin. Oh. Does he have a FedEx on his yeah, side? That's what was my question. Like <laughs> the completely unnecessary product placement. Oh, it was so great. It was so good. <laughs> oh, I loved that FedEx still stuck around. Uh <laughs> Uh, it was, it, you know, what? good for them. It made me yeah, laugh course. out loud. <laughs> I mean, if anything, the look of the show suggests that it's not funded as well as it could be. And so <laughs> get those FedEx dollars while you can. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, it's important to note, though, that Jason George's body tattoos are not paid. They were just, this is what he said. It was just his way of giving back to the brands that have affected his life. <laughs> Which is so cute and also so sad that you think <laughs> you giving them money has not given them back to them. That's interesting. I think it harkens back to the less cynical days of capitalism, when industry would <laughs> save them, save the world. For sure, I've been thinking about how I consume brands as a kid recently, and they definitely were like more than just a product to me. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think there are brands that are like that, and yet my shin is still available. So if there's a brand trying to get in here, <laughs> you would require payment. Is what you're saying? Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Man, how. I mean, the, okay, if I had 380 of them, it's like, oh, you're like the guy who sold his body to co- corporate and it's clever and interesting. Yeah. But if you're like, just have like two, mm-hmm. that is a really weird person when you're like, you're at a beach and people are like, oh, Kodak, huh, <laughs> that would be really surprising. Yeah. Anyway, speaking of corporations dehumanizing earthlings, what? Never mind. Well, I, I, Kodak was one of the ones he had on his body is why I was thinking of that. Anyway, speaking of corporations dehumanizing Earthlings, this week we're talking about The Expanse. We're going to talk about mostly season two, because that's what's the reason for the season right now, but also of the Sci-Fi Channel uh, adaptation, but we will also cover some things happening in the first two books, I assume, uh, by James S. A. Corey, who is two people, and also who Angela knows, um, Yeah, uh, and, and that has added this terrifying level to this whole podcast for me, because Angela tweeted at them or the combined account of the authors today yeah ty ty runs that one and then daniel retweeted it you're welcome i mean that's super cool and also terrifying for me i was like i was trying to think of something super funny to say back and i gave up i was just in like i was i was so starstruck in on twitter for two seconds i just don't know what to do and i'm afraid i'm gonna say something they're not gonna like and if i don't imagine they'll listen but i like them don't be afraid yeah (laughs) Go ahead, oh, don't be afraid of success, Alex. Don't be afraid yeah, of. Don't be afraid. I, I'm so terrified gotta, of success, Natalie. That what, Alex, do you, do you have a message you'd like yeah. to send to Ty and Daniel just to kind of get the, the the slate clean here? I think the most important thing to say is that when you click on the the website of the podcast, all of our branding material still says that it's about bad books, and I just want you to know that since the election, we've changed. I deserve to be happy. And so we're talking about things I love. So I just feel like that's my main concern is that they're going to see the show's metadata and think that I hate them. And I just don't want that to happen because I want them to be happy. I think they deserve it. That was beautiful. I think if they don't give you the benefit of the doubt after that, they deserve to have you tell them they're well, terrible. If they get in 11 minutes into the podcast, then I think maybe I've won them over anyway. But if they just like click and gone, I've, I've missed my one chance. 
Angel, did you meet them at the in the con circuit? Is that where you've come across yeah, them? Yeah, I met them backstage at a show at San Diego Comic-Con. It was so delightful. It was before the show had premiered. They were just showing a preview there. And I just I was like, whoa, you're James S.A. Corey. I love your books, and I read all of them, and I love your representation of women and how there are so many characters of um, uh, with, with diversity and all this. And they... Yeah. They were like, are you coming to our panel? Well, we're worried. No one will come to our panel. Oh! I was like, that's so adorable. Everybody's going to come to your panel. Everything when you said fine. you are James S.A. Corey, were they, are they, this is what I picture. They're both wearing name tags that say James S.A. Corey. <laughs> no, uh, but. Holding the best hands. Part, yeah. I feel yeah. less self-conscious about that than I could just because when people meet me, they're, they're like, you're the double clicks. Yeah. Uh, they don't know my name, so. But fine. your name is not pretending to be a name. That's I don't know. True. I, it's weird that they're like. I wonder. Like, I have this prestige feel with them. Like, maybe they're both married to the same person, but only half time each, mm-hmm. and they just have to switch at night and hope she doesn't notice. You know that there is a way for you to figure out that information, and that's not real. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Let him have his fantasies. Okay. I don't. I don't look behind the curtain, Angela. That ruins the magic for me. Okay. Sure. Yeah. No, they're fantasy. identical. Anyway, so, sorry, Natalie, what were you saying? Uh, Nothing, just being stupid. No, please be stupid, go for it. I did want to also just say I haven't read the books. I've only watched the TV show. Oh, cool. What a good diverse opinion. Um, How did you, well, so I guess I'll I'll, I'll do this. So the way that I got in the book, and I think it's the same way Chris got it, or Scott got in the book, is that Chris, um, sometime panelist on this show, blogged about it, and, and I... I really liked his description of it, and I checked it out, and I loved it. And isn't that what you found? How you found it too, Scott? Yes, it is. And, and yeah. so, Natalie, how did you come across this? Then, having not read the books, what was your? Who got you into it? Um, someone, a friend, recommended it, the show, and I was like, "Oh, cool!" <laughs> Outer space. Solid story. I guess I, I just like, wonder, like, what's the pitch to someone who doesn't know? It will cost me nothing them? to watch this. It's all on my computer. <laughs> Neat. <laughs> All right. Well, so if you guys are thinking at home, if you're like, should I check this out? Remember, it costs you nothing. Yeah. So roll the dice. Yeah. Amazon Prime. It just just costs you your, you know, your respect of humanity. Ninety dollars yeah. a year. Yeah. And your respect for humanity. That's all. That's all. Um, so let me read. So since we are no longer we don't longer have a resident summarizer, I'm going to read you very quickly the synopsis written by Nano underscore Tech on IMDb. And we can decide if this, how accurate we feel like this is. 200 years in the future, a fully colonized space, a fully colonized solar system, police detective Joseph Miller, who was born in the asteroid belt, is given the assignment to find a missing young woman, Julie Mao. Meanwhile, I don't like that as a synopsis word, meanwhile, but anyway. James Holden, a podcast the about first bad officer- books, movies, and TV synopses. <laughs> Well, this is my idea, is that I'm going to find people who have written synopses and then read them and make fun of them, it, since Chris used to write them, and then I would make fun of them while he read them. So it's just like a one person removed. And also, it just feels like the most petty act of trollism to find someone who was like trying to help IMDb users. And then, <laughs> you did work I didn't do, and you didn't sign up for this. You suck. Yeah, and way too many commas, nanotech. It's a run-on sentence, and I will not stand for it. It is the way of the internet. Anyway, James Holden, the first officer of an ice freighter, is witness to an unprovoked attack on the ship by a craft believed to be from Mars. Ooh, we're going to talk later about our allegiances, because I feel like like I'm Mars. I like Mars. 
Um, as new as, obviously, Scott, you're going to be Belter. Uh, Fred Johnson Belter, not like. Uh, not terrorist OPA, but like disgraced massacrist of the. Wasn't he Martian? Oh, you mean he, um, he an Earther? Johnson? Cuddy? Yeah. Yeah, he was. Cuddy. Yes, Cuddy. Oh, you man. Didn't know it was Cuddy? All right. I, I didn't I didn't recognize him first season, but I recognized him this season. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I just read a great New York Times article about the guy Cuddy is based on. But anyway, diver, uh, back. Here we are. I'm sorry we weren't paying attention to you, Nanotech. Let's get back to your mission. <laughs> as news of the attacks... As, yeah, as news of the attacks spreads throughout the solar system, the incidents flow on, threatens to destabilize already tenuous relationships between Earth, Mars, and the Belt. Far away, the struggles in deep space on Earth, Christian Avasarala... A powerful Christian Avasarla, a powerful United Nations executive and diplomat, works to prevent war between Earth and Mars by any means. Soon, the three find the missing woman uh, and the ice, the ice freighter's fate are part of a vast covert conspiracy that threatens all of humanity. And I will just add, space zombies. Uh, I think that's a phrase that's missing. Crystalline space zombies. Crystalline space zombies. Yeah. Um, I think that it's important... If you were getting into the series, I don't know. I, I don't feel like it's you should spring zombies on people. So I think that's a reason. You could still love it knowing that they're zombies. The zombies aren't going to bother you. Yeah, they're zombies. Is, I didn't gross. know they were zombies. Well, they're... You didn't know there were zombies when you started or now? Well, I mean, I feel like up to the point in the TV show, it doesn't seem like they're necessary. I mean, they're reanimated or something, but they're not like... I guess yeah, that's all I meant. I don't know. Oh, I don't okay. Know. I didn't they, know if there was the, like, uh, some other yeah. aspect to zombieism. <laughs> that you yeah, they're not part of the political they're not, movement. They're the, the zombies. Walking dead. They're more like the crunching dead or the like the shining dead or the. They just have a strong zombie vibe, is what what you're trying to say. Yeah, and in the in the books, eventually they start referring to them as vomit zombies. Mm-hmm. Um, so I haven't gotten I mean, up to that in the show yet. I'm I'm looking forward to the uh, to that. Uh, yeah, I guess that's <laughs> Exactly, the Vom Zoms. Oh, um, that's good. Oh, man, if you fell in love with them and it was a Vom Zom rom com, <laughs> oh, that'd be fun. Are you listening, James S. A. Corey? <laughs> he slash they might be. I don't even know anymore. <laughs> Normally, I'm so safe in the knowledge that no one who wrote the thing is listening. <laughs> what if Nanotech is listening and then I just did all that to him, too? That occurred oh. to me, man. Oh, I'm so sorry, Nanotech. What if, it, what if it's me? What if you're nanotech? <laughs> oh god damn it. <laughs> I'm not what if you're that. listening right now? <laughs> I won't be listening to this, don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. I don't I don't usually go back either. And so people are like, "Hey, remember that great riff you guys had?" And I don't remember. It's just this is all here and gone. Um so some I think some key things. So Angela, you had read the books before you met them or Yes. Okay. Yes. So what was your introduction to them? How did somebody pitch it to you? Because that's, I guess that's what I'm interested in right now. Oh, yes. Uh, my friend Storm uh, of the band Paul and Storm pitched it to me because I was like, I'm done with Name of the Wind and I've read all of the John Scalzi books. Can you help? And he said, this book is amazing. It's basically just straight up space opera and I love it. And I'm like, I don't know what that means, but I want to impress Storm. So I'm going to read these books. <laughs> were you disappointed and, and that there were no fat ladies singing in space? Uh, nah. I mean, I feel like the musical episode is probably coming, right? And we also haven't gotten to the, I haven't gotten to the end of the series, um, so maybe there is at the end, because that's the one you see that lady sing, right? It's yeah. not like, it's true. welcome to the opera, here's that. Yeah, for that's, sure. You know It'll that happen. saying, uh, when the fat lady sings, which means you're a third of the way through? 
<laughs> you're not at the it's halfway not a third point. of the way through <laughs> well so i want i guess angela maybe i want to go i'll start with this for this uh open discussion time now um yeah. you mentioned a couple things you really like about it you like the the female characters and you like uh the representation in it yeah and i think that is also super cool um but tell me tell me about that like what's some what's some part of that you like especially yeah, well, you know, right before this, I was trying to read the Foundation trilogy, <laughs> um, and uh, I had I was reading and reading, and I was I do this fun thing with myself where I see how far into a book I can get before I see a female character, and then how long <laughs> until I see a female character who talks. And I mean, then... you're saying fun, but I'm getting the impression you don't mean fun. Oh no, it's well, I mean, to me, it's like, haha, I got proven right, and uh... <laughs> oh, okay, that is fun. Wait, isn't it like book three of Foundation? Before... Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's the cover of the book with the girl on it. Like, okay, yeah, uh, yeah it's uh, it's pretty great. But these, um, especially um, Bobby, uh, Bobby Draper in these oh, books, is like, I've, it, you throw me a tall lady anytime, and I'm like, I am in. Do you okay? Book. But you read the books first. Do you think the the actor playing Bobby on the show? Do you think she's tall enough? I don't think so because I all I thought about when I read the book was how tall she was, and yes. in the show it doesn't. It's not like she just seems regular tall. Yeah, like <laughs> in, in the book, people are constantly being like, she walks in a room and people are like, Jesus Christ! Yeah. Yeah, I'm picturing like Brenda Tart, but like a big... little more lithe. Yeah. <laughs> well, that classic stereotype. Yeah. Yeah, Tart. Yeah, she. I mean, she's super rad, and I love uh, the char- the person playing it. It's not exactly what I pictured, but you know, it's a TV show. Can I ask you, Angela? What do I you love. Think about... Ooh, yeah. no, go ahead, Scott. Go ahead, Scott. What do you think about Naomi? Because every time she and Holden are on on the screen together, I just fall asleep. Like I'm loving every character, all <laughs> the other actors, all the other nuances, all the weird yeah. castings. But the two of them, I just. Holden yeah. seems younger than I thought he was going to be. Um, I like him. Yeah. I mean, I, I like Naomi's character so much. Um, and I think the actress is also amazing. Um, and her hair is great. And they, I feel like. What else do you like about her, Angela? I feel like it would be uncomfortable to wear a push up bra in space. That's just all I want. Like, you just stop uh, at a right. certain point. Also, it doesn't seem like you need to. There's yeah, no why gravity. Are you bras under your spacesuit. <laughs> yeah. Actually, when you're on high G, you need like a really strong bra. You need a super. Oh, you, yeah. You need a more high push. G bra. Yeah. <laughs> It's it's. I mean, I guess that's getting people to watch the show. If everybody they need their own time. crash couches, that's how much G <laughs> there can be. I, it's fine. I mean, they're, 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 those two characters aren't my favorite part of the books anyway. But um, just because there are so many other parts that I like so much more. Uh-huh. Um, but I I I think in the books and in the show, she's way too good for him. So. Oh, yeah. interesting. I'm. I think she's. Like, I think he just is not great. <laughs> I wish <laughs> the whole time I'm like, why isn't she the captain? This guy's an idiot. Like, he's not, she knows what she's doing. Like, I don't know why it was, because she was ranked higher than him on the ship, right? Yeah. But there's right. that scene where she's like, I don't want to be captain. I don't want to be in charge of all this stuff. Like, that's, is that, has that happened in the show yet? Yeah, it happened in episode two, one. Oh, yeah. okay. Season. Oh, man. This is all blending together now because of the books yeah. and, the, and the show. But um, yeah, I think they do kind of, they address that a little bit like this. She's really good at the things she does. She's a great XO and mm-hmm. doesn't want, like, even though it seems like like stepping up rank is a promotion, it's actually taking you away from the job you're good at for a job you're not as good at. 
But yeah. that that's just me being a an apologist. Do you hear that, Corey? I'm I'm a hundred percent into this. Well, I, yeah. I, I I don't know. It's just it just like I like the show so much for all the diversity and stuff, but then sometimes when I step back I'm like, oh, it's still about these two white guys. Well, that's actually why I like Christian uh, so much. I think oh, she's my, my favorite character in the show. She's is the and and also I I think probably from the book to the actor's portrayal, I think she's my favorite. And I I had not read I just read the first book when I started the first season, and she's a second book character. She's not in the first book. And mm-hmm. so I thought the TV writers had just come up with this character to try to balance <laughs> some of the white dudes out. Yeah. And I was like, man, this is a cool character. What a great job, TV writers. And yeah. uh, now I know that it was actually James. She is himself. such a great character. And I, I just like to have a woman who is like older and like she's gotten married and that part of her life is over, which is the only part of a woman's life is ever represented on screen. And then that she's just actually the person in charge of the entire planet of earth. As, like, a, as a married person, it. I object to you referring to that part of her life as over, but um, I'm saying as meaty, like, I, I mean like the run up to marriage. You're saying like, there's nothing good that'll ever happen to her ever again. And I'm saying there are still things to look forward to. <laughs> That's not what she said. Okay, Alex. Specifically, is your I like listening. <laughs> Alex, I, I feel like I, what I'm saying is all married people should shut up, and we shouldn't have them on. <laughs> oh, I thought you were saying that, like, after Alex and his wife get divorced, his wife's going to go on to become an international leader of intrigue and politics. <laughs> <laughs> and I Alex, I think she's good at. Yeah, I think I'm going to be a space that. asshole. That's I, what I'm going to be. Space asshole. Isn't I that James's her. thing? <laughs> I love her and her husband. I like was crying yes. in the last episode. They're so cute. Oh, yeah, they're so cute. And when he's he like, was, he told her he's how so great powerless. she was. <laughs> yes, yes. And I also love her. Her uh, her costumes are so, especially compared to like the drab spacesuits of everybody. Mm-hmm. And she's mm-hmm. like on Earth wearing these brilliant colors and. Um, uh, I love that she's like she swears so much, and she's yeah. uh, and in the book they talk about it a little more uh, where she like she swears to shock people to get the certain reaction out of them, so they treat her the certain way. Like it's all very thought out, and and it's mm-hmm. it's so clever. Mm-hmm. Oh, she's the best. It comes yeah. off graceful. Yeah, but deadly yeah, elegant swearing. Yeah. Oh, my oh God. and I love good swearing, and she's oh she's great at it. I'll give you some belter swearing. Uh, I could give you some. Uh... Yeah, give it to us. All right. What is this? Giral. This actually, it's really funny because on this page here, it's the Wikipedia, the Wikia expands. There's like eight different ways to say bullshit in uh, belter. Oh. There's a lot of bullshit that belters deal with. Yeah, yeah. Kakafaloda. <laughs> which literally means floating shit. It's pretty good. Oh, I like that. Yeah. So I guess I mentioned this earlier, and this is not super hilarious, but I do think we should. I, I do want to talk about it because this is one of my favorite things about the show: is the Belters and the world. So we have the world that we have in space is the solar system, but not the stars. This is not like Star Wars, where it's like, oh, we got weirdo on every on every bar and planet. We look at all these crazy people and yeah. things. This is like humans ex, uh, expanding their colonies, but still having a lot of limitations. And one of the things that came out of that is this social and political unrest from the Belters, the first people who went out and are mining these asteroids. So they're mostly blue collar. They're um, they're not respected by the home planet the same way because they're distant. And it's got a very like the early founding of America taxation without representation feel of them. Mm-hmm. Like America always taking advantage of everything they do. But then also the subtle things about that, like the the Creole language, and also they have 
these gesture based language where because they're in spacesuits all the time, so they can't like do subtle face things. So they do a lot of hand and um, big gestures. Mm-hmm. I think it's so clever, and it's a like I'm we're using space to show you this story and to tell this thing that relates to us now, as opposed to just like pew pew isn't space cool. And I like that. I like when space is cool, but I also like um, this where they're actually telling the story of the social. Uh, you like problems. the gestures. You got to check out Daniel Abraham's Long Price Quartet. There is a whole society where the, all of the actual interactions p- people are having are done with gestures and poses. But is it for a reason, or is it just because that's fun? Because what I like about this is like it makes sense and it's so grounded. And basically, that's the thing about everything in this is that it feels like, as far as a space opera, so grounded. And the the details make so much sense. I love that about the, one of the things that I like really sold me on the series, even like originally when it seemed to like the first few episodes, they're not like, they're a little disjointed and that there's just all these stories and you're like, I don't get why all these people are like doing different things. Yeah. Um, But I like that you're dropped into this like really lived in world and I didn't realize it was based on books. So I guess that makes sense. But I also like that in the series, they managed to do all that like exposition and explaining the world just through like characterization and interaction and they're not like there's I, I can't remember scenes where like two people are sitting across the table and they're like so blah 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 did you hear about the belters yes. and <laughs> you're so right yeah it's elegant it's in there it's not just like let, let, there's not a lot of just like boring exposition dumps well in the world even though like you they have a sci-fi channel like the they've fleshed out the world and the texture of the day-to-day life of the belters on the stations like so well yeah like well, that's actually that's one of my other the other things that I love about it is that basically the first half feels like a gritty detective novel. Mm-hmm. That's it's, so such a good driver for the the first book and the first yeah, book. I love it so much. And like, even though that guy is annoying, and he, it, I mean, that's the point. He's like a super fallible character. Yeah, that's why they that's why they put the fedora on him in case you didn't know you were supposed to hate him. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's just it's so it's so well structured and I, I love that mystery kind of set in this world. It's it's really well done. Well so I want to, let's talk about the uh um the sci fi channel's realization of a couple of things because um I Because we're I, nerds. Because oh, we're nerds. No, I guess I just wanna know uh like uh if it, it I guess the only thing that I feel when I watch the show a lot, the only time I the only thing that doesn't feel like everything I want it to be is I just kind of wish it was made by HBO and they had 10 million an episode because <laughs> it, uh-huh. it does feel a little like some of the sets feel a little bit like um, they're also used for a play afterwards or something. Uh, <laughs> There's a little some some cheapness in it. I was actually surprised it looked as good as it did when I found out it was made by sci-fi. <laughs> well, yeah, so. exactly. Like it's, it does feel good for that piece of information. Um. Although in Canada, it's on Space Channel and not Sci-Fi. That sounds like um, it would be way lower budget. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> they couldn't even get like a branding team to like name their channel. <laughs> I forgot to mention this at the beginning, but I'm recording today uh, from uh, Mississauga, Ontario. So I've been watching a lot of Canadian TV. I was watching the Oscars in Canadian TV. And there's uh-huh. this great commercial where penguins try to fuck. And it's about bank fees. But then, like, the, it's like a penguin and his wife in bed talking about bank fees. I say that that way because he's wearing a tuxedo, and so she's wearing, like, a dress in bed. And then they, like, finish talking about bank fees, and then he, like, takes off his hat and is like, so are you still tired? And then he's like, they're, like, trying to fuck the other penguin. 
I I have a question that I don't want answered, which is: Are these real penguins? Are they animated, or are they people wearing penguin costumes? Yeah, they are. They are practical effects. Okay. Which yeah, they're cheap-looking right. puppets. But he's what just wearing like a top. <laughs> what happens next? <laughs> That's what you're really curious about, Natalie. Is where the bank fees yeah. story goes. James, I say, Corey, if you're listening, we got a new concept for you. Man, uh, if I ever listen to a podcast about a book I read and then or a book I wrote, and they're just constantly addressing me in the first person, it might start to get weird. I can do that. I can record one about your book if you want. You promise? I mean, I promise oh a lot God. of things on this podcast. <laughs> can we please do a podcast in the style of Read It and Weep about Alex's book? I'm in. Well, oh so God. we did one of us talking about the book, but having people who were not me and Ezra on it would be much more interesting, I think. <laughs> Uh, what was I? Oh, I forgot I was going to say something. Sorry. You were, so actually... Oh, well, no, no, the show is filmed in Ontario. You know this? Yes? Are you going to no. go visit? No, it's here. I can go see that, the the $30 plywood set that the spaceship is in. Yeah. I, 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 to me, it seems like a pretty good show. I feel like they can't afford more colors, but that's just my mom speaking about how things are gloomy. Through my story, so. <laughs> well, I like the gloomy. Actually, the one thing I don't like about their vision of space um, and, and what the world's going to be like, which is happens in the show, but is part of the, the story, is that um, it seems like you spend an awful lot of time vlogging in the future. <laughs> yeah, and I just can't imagine messages. a time... Yeah, I can't imagine a time where I'm like, finally, technology's got around to me recording a selfie movie addressing another diplomat and then pressing send. That just seems like an awful world to live in. I don't even want to listen to voicemail. I don't want to watch you record a voicemail to me. <laughs> just think text ever, me. Like, it's the call fucking back future. Without watching it, they're just like, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Chris <laughs> uh, Jen is like, I'm not going to. This is like 45 seconds. Skip. Text me if it's important. <laughs> I, I like to imagine that she watches everything on like two and a half times speed. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. How she maintains her sense of dignity compared to everybody else. I guess, this was Scott, the first season, but it was so badass. Like, I feel like I didn't realize what a, a badass she was. And then she walked in and they were like just hanging that guy and letting gravity like ruin his life. Yeah. <laughs> that Martian. Oh, and, yeah. Um, they are really good at coming up with clever ways to kill you in the future. Yeah. And one of them is just if you're a Martian, they bring you down to Earth. Oh, let's talk about sides. I guess I I can see why, Scott, you you empathize with the Belters. And I like that. The non-terrorist Well, wait, part. hold on. I want to know why do you think I empathize with the Belters? Because you've been reading their slang all night and you're not speaking Martian. You speak like one of them. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> <laughs> you talk like a Belter is what I'm saying, Scott. Also, you're a little too skinny and it freaks me out. <laughs> okay, whatever. Well, that's the thing. If you... If you <laughs> if you haven't seen the show, it's uh, the Belters because they're living in zero G, especially kids who, kids who are born in, in the, the or the microgravity. They grow really tall and skinny, and if they bring them to Earth, it'll crush their bones. After the casting of Apsarala, I think the casting of the Belters in general is the best thing about the casting. I mean, uh, remind me who Apsarala is. Oh, Christian. Christian. Oh, Abasarla. Ab Ab oh, yeah, yeah, you're just saying it different. I was saying yeah. it like a belta. <laughs> yeah, you were. <laughs> you know, when she goes and parties with the belters, they call her that? Yeah, they do. When they go uh, listen to the, uh, the latest hits coming off of Eros? I guess I just, I like, I guess I like Mars because Mars, ha I mean, Mars like has a lot of that like American Revolution feel to it. And so mm -hmm. it it stirs something in me that I was forced to have as a child, I think. 
Um, yeah. I'm down for Mars, too, because they have, like, the dream, like, like that they're going for. And also, I love Bobby Draper. <laughs> yeah, they've got Bobby. Um, if they look hard enough, I think Matt Damon is still out there somewhere. I think so. <laughs> And they, uh, they're so cool, and they make great spaceships, but they, and they wanted to terraform, just like Elon, Elon Musk said he was going to do. Yeah. Um, although I it's think a- M- Musk said he was just going to nuke the cap, polar ice caps, which seems like a weird long-term strategy. But... From Musk? Strange. Well, right, sure. Um, it's so beautiful and heartbreaking, like her like looking at the projection of what Mars could look like oh, if the yeah. war ended ever. Oh. Bobby. Oh. oh. I and I do empathize with like I love um the uh the belters who are uh um like making the like the plants uh the belters who are like trying to like do science in space. I think that's really fun. Uh but I guess there's just too many space pirates and I don't really like that. <laughs> yeah, that's a real problem. <laughs> I don't... We like those. <laughs> I feel like all of the sides have a good point. It would make a good TV show to see how they all interact with each other. <laughs> well, I, I mean, Earth I do seems like, like... That, that no one ahead, is like morally superior. I don't think in any of it. Like, no. yeah. So I, I yeah. do enjoy that the UN. I like that the the Earth UN is kind of like a dark side federation, like the seedy side of that, because it's like yeah. Because that was, like, the whole, you know, Federation's like, we united all of Earth, and we're going to go out, and then, like, the the reality of it is more uh, complicated. <laughs> yeah, and it's but, also, as far as, like, writing a book that's going to be a series of books, setting, like, the three groups that are all going to have, like, weak strengths and weaknesses, and uh, it's very, it's good, it's fruitful, and we'll have to go with on that. Have they made, like, a tabletop strategy game out of this and all the they just in there? Uh, the game just got licensed. Right. I'm picturing it now. Well, hello everybody. I know about the game licensing. <laughs> Let me know if you need it's any funny. information. Who's <laughs> publishing it? Is it the candidate for Spiel de Yaris? Uh, I mean, it's not out yet, okay. but they they just got the rights. So. I. It's funny how you made fun of yourself for knowing that while I, like and like as if it was really lame. While I was being like, oh, you're so cool. You know everybody and everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I should say we don't like hang out all the time, but I do know them on Twitter. Um, yeah. The, uh, the do you guys know that the the book started as an online RPG that they used no. to play together? No. Yeah, so it's they were like one of those text like kind of like a message board or email back and forth RPG. That's how the book started, and then huh. became a TV show. That's really cool. All of my play by post games just died after a few months. <laughs> just think you could have written 10 novels by now it could have been licensed for space channel oh man (laughs) gotta get on that space channel (laughs) i mean i do think you're limiting yourself by calling it space channel i mean i feel like you're gonna run out of stuff you're being like or maybe it's gonna be like the history channel and like well also we're gonna show like bum fights or whatever they're showing now yeah Yeah. because they have space for everything space channel (laughs) Oh, I guess that's true. We are all taking up space. And thus, everything applies to Space Channel. Or you could go the direction of sci-fi and change the vowels to something else. It could be Spice Channel. <laughs> I think that might be a thing. I, th- I think, think Spice is actually a channel. I don't think that is what you think it is. Spice is the low-rent Playboy. Well, Playboy Channel is the low-rent oh, Spice Channel, or Spice is the high-grade Cinemax. Is it with a I don't... Y or an Yeah, F? it's with a Y. Oh. 
You accidentally invented porn. <laughs> God damn it, not again. <laughs> My parents In my mind, it was a food channel. I didn't know. Thank oh, you. yeah. That is so <laughs> adorable of you. Today, we're talking about oregano. <laughs> <laughs> That's got a lot more spread than the Space Channel. <laughs> <laughs> well, the Spice Channel started as a food channel, but now it's mostly porn with a couple food shows in yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, okay. Well, let's uh, let's use that. We're going to take a quick break, and then uh, we're going to talk more about space in general. We'll be right. Snakes, haters, and I made myself so easy to love. Yeah. Yeah. How much they hate. Oh my God, Scott! I I went and got a burrito tonight. And I okay. should have known that Canadians are not going to know how to make a burrito, but man, they made it weird. Okay, what's on a Canadian burrito? Well, the, like the ingredients were normal, but the way she put them on, she like laid the tortilla out, and then she like she's like, "Do you want the salsa?" And I said, "Sure." And she like did three drops, then took a toothpick and then spread it out what? in a perfect square, and then she put drop like she put a spoonful of beans and squared it up inside the tortilla. There's a square pocket. And she very carefully lined that square of beans as if it was like a field of different crops. Whoa. So it was like a row of cheese, and then next furrows. to that was a row of peppers. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So she made those. But then they rolled it – well, so then they rolled it across those. So what it ended up happening was there was like a vein of cheese and yeah, a no. vein of peppers. So like on the right side, it tasted yep. bad, and on the left side, it tasted awesome. Yeah, that's burrito mistake number one it doesn't make yeah it makes no sense i mean mean, it would be worse if they did it i guess they rolled it the other way and then it was just like nothing and then all the cheese and then nothing when you said roll it the other way i pictured that they rolled it so the tortilla was in the middle (laughs) that would be worse uh what's that there's a sushi like that where they put the rice on the outside yeah i don't like that sushi either this is not good i should have known i mean it's like obviously you're not gonna have great mexican food here but i was like i still felt bad for i was like oh god you're canadian all over this burrito (laughs) it's terrible and adorable at the same time. Like, you can't Gets really so be that cute. upset. Yeah. All right. So now it is time for lightning bonus round. Lightning bonus round. What so is that? That was, was the soundboard. It was my lightning bonus round sound. Did you just get swatted? <laughs> <laughs> so this is where the term lightning bonus round originally came from, was just from this, like, live <laughs> recording of this band I love, Man or Astro Man. And they're oh like... Oh, my God, Alex. Yeah, yeah, you know, like, yeah, we went and saw that show together. No, but this is what's weird. I looked on Facebook the other day, and it showed me my memory, and it had a little, like, text post that I had, and it said, just got back from the mosh pit at a Manor Astro Man concert with my buddy Alex Falcone. My glasses did not survive. Had a great oh, time. Yeah, I remember and I that. don't remember being there. You don't remember that? No, I don't. There was the, the t- he lit his uh, um, electric instrument on fire? Nope. What's that called, Angela? Carson? Guitar? No, the uh, Carson. The first electronic instrument. The keytar? You guys, the you guys know that where you, you wave your hand and it disrupts oh, the theremin. Oh, theremin. Thank you. Yeah. You guys all knew it. I just didn't describe it well. You said to say wave your hand. So he anyway, he has a theremin and one of his things in the the live show is you. Lit it on fire? That's awesome. It's, it's so rad. I I love Manor Astro Man. They're like they're surf rock, but with this like low budget 
uh, science fiction feel. And so they play a lot of, they use a lot of like samples from that and they dress in really bad spacesuits they made and they have just a great time, but they're like punk rock, um, uh, surf rock thing. Anyway, there's this, they had this live record and they're, they're like running out of time for the show and they're like, we got to go to lightning bonus round. We got to finish this shit up. And so I started saying lightning bonus round for this show. And so when people weren't around who knew that they were supposed to say lightning bonus round all the time, I got this sample Lightning bonus round. So now somebody will yell it all the time. Now you're all caught up. Um, anyway, so for our lightning bonus round game today, uh, I want to just I wanted to talk about what are the best slash worst things about space, especially from this being like a gritty reality kind of space, like like well thought out realist type space um, yeah. show. I wanted to like think about stuff you would like or not like about space, and I got a bunch of great answers from our listeners about that question. But let's let's go to the panel first. Um, so what are your like things you would look forward to about a future in space? What would you hate about it? Would you like it? Or are you more like a Miller? I hate space kind of, what kind of uh, builder are you, man? I, I, I think the food would probably not be so good. And I like leverage just for general activities. Seems <laughs> yeah. So the good. leverage situation has really gone downhill. For yeah. Sure. Just like, just in terms of gravity and stuff, like, come on, like, it's just hard. I like the ground. I yeah. like it. Do you think you would miss that or would like because like zero g also has some advantages it seems like it'd be fun every time they show that thing of the people on the space station and they like throw themselves from one compartment to the other i always love that (laughs) it seems like it would be fun but also i'm always terrified of falling i'm like really clumsy and i don't think that would be helped by just stuff being able to run into me at any moment does it bother any of you that like thinking the vacuum of space is like right there behind that piece of metal is that but it's that, right there behind that ozone layer right now. I, know, I just feel like the ozone layer could take a few hits. It's actually more, it's actually like right outside the treble pause, but like it's still, it's right out there. <laughs> it's cool. They made, it was super real when, uh, what's his face, um, Garvey's head got blown off and there was like sucking oh, out yeah. everything. That was pretty oh, yeah. cool. <laughs> I, I mean, zero gravity seems like definitely fun and also definitely problematic. Um, I was yeah. just re- somebody was posting like Apollo transcripts. I think somebody posted this on on to our page about this. Um, was about how the pooping would be an issue. Mm. Oh yeah, Linnea Glaser posted the story about how um, as part of the research for creating space toilets, NASA filmed people going number two with a toilet cam from the inside. And oh. then when the when the Freedom of Information Act passed, they destroyed the tapes so that they wouldn't be forced to release them to a FOIA request. <laughs> I mean, um, smart. All of that from uh, pack, packing for Mars. The, that would have been all over the space channel. Yeah. Oh, God. Sorry. I there's, think the there's... worst part would be, uh, like, probably just... The worst part of any any my whole life is just having my period and having it in space would be worse. <laughs> I it imagine. really would. Yeah. That would be fucking awful. Yeah. It's that time of the rotation. This, yeah, just a whole other liquid Whoa. you got to contain. Well, so, there's a lot of gravity. We count on a lot of gravity for stuff. So we count yeah. on gravity for that. I, I, but isn't that also? Doesn't that isn't that that's synced to the cycles of the the moon, presumably, right? Um, it's based on a monthly cycle that would not be the same in space, right? I, I don't know if your body knows that. <laughs> well, how does it know that the moon takes a month to go around, like to to do well, a cycle? Well, I think it's just like, uh, 
I don't know. <laughs> I don't know that. I don't know that. Like, I my body is kind of like thinking about the moon in the back <laughs> somewhere. That's what I think is that there's some program running in the back of your mind, just using a little bit of your memory to just that's always why, think about the moon. That's why all people with vaginas always know where the moon is at all. It's true. You ask any woman, yeah, you, you point, point to the moon, tug. they can do it. That slight yeah. tidal tug on your vagina at all times. I, I, I mean, obviously I'm embarrassed being so uh, stupid about this, but on the other hand, it. Ju- I just wonder how space would affect that. I, it... I, yeah, I do too. I bet it would be wacky and unpleasant. The other thing what? that I got, especially from that, from reading Packing for, for Mars, the thing that sucks yeah. the most about space is just that there's not a lot of room inside your ships because yeah. it's expensive and difficult. And so you spend a lot of time like basically living in a VW bus um, with a bunch of other people who can't shower because of not gravity. And so mm-hmm. I, I like this world better where they can have like that MCRN ship that's huge and you can jump around and there's coffee and other stuff. So that much coffee. <laughs> that's another thing I love about this show. I forget, this is how, much, how they're into that great coffee maker. Mm-hmm. Well, oh, they just can't stop talking about the, the coffee maker. You know why? It's because the space toilets are really good. Mm. Lightning bonus round. Man. <laughs> uh, well, so I guess let's let's bring this up then. So the first couple responses I got like right away um, were best has to be the zero G sex. And a bunch of... leverage. Well, oh. so right. So that was a bunch of people said that. Uh, I think the first person who got it in was uh, uh, at Kristen Mew. Um, and then there was some pushback that, uh, like from uh, uh, Martanian, who said, uh, a lot of people are going to talk about zero-gravity sex, but gravity is important to sex, and it's really not going to work, you guys. I'm sorry. Wow. And so I want – where do you guys weigh in on that besides uh, heavily clicking your, your let's, trackpads? Uh, let's, uh, <laughs> let's meet in the middle and say low-gravity sex. Oh. Like, like not full Earth gravity, but like enough to get like some fun like bouncing and stuff going on. Yeah, well, I can yeah, also imagine cause... like high gravity sex too, like just like that kind of crushing feeling, yeah, and you're what? both kind of like you're not just wrestling with each other; you're also wrestling with the forces that are crushing you. You were into some like, different shit than me, Scott. What wrong with you? <laughs> what are you talking about? No, I... no, let him, let him, let him keep going. <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want to kink shame the two of you, but it is weird, <laughs> Scott, that one of your things is being crushed to death by the weight of the Earth. <laughs> well, you're taking that a little far. Don't they have? They have to get like injected with stuff so they don't die. Or During the high G burns, yeah, yeah, they have to. Yeah. They have. They have. Uh, oh, yeah, I was gonna say chemicals. lots of dr- lots of just drugs everywhere in the in space. So that's also yeah. cool. That's a plus. Yeah, that could be fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They but they they're uh, the way they get into your body is your your pillow shoots them into your neck. So I don't <laughs> know if that's something you're into. You can do freaks- that on Earth too. Yeah, it freaks me out here. Yeah, I like that I don't have to do it myself. If I had to put it in like. You know, and shoot up myself. That would be a whole other thing. Thank true, you, true. thank you, drug robots. <laughs> I definitely like the idea of low gravity sex the best of all these options because, like, uh, holding yourself up is one of the worst parts of sex. Uh-huh. But also, but having leverage is one of the most useful parts, and so somewhere in between those two is really nice. Yeah. Hear that, James? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry we keep addressing this, but also we want to hear more about this. Is there a fan? This makes me think, is there uh, the Expanse fanfic? Because all of this has got to be covered. Yeah, there has to be. I feel everyone's staring at me with this question. Of course there's a fanfic. Well, have you read it? I have not, no. I mean, it's not canon, so we can't really take their word on what space sex is like, but I would be interested in hearing their opinions. 
I guess I, I wish feel there like... was a huge Tumblr fan art community for this show. <sighs> yeah. I, I would love to see all the ships between all of the male characters. Yeah, especially if Bobby was super tall. Right. <laughs> like really tall. Um, There's tons of fan art for the for the Expanse. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Is just... any of it like Holden and Amos like making out? Oh. Oh, I, I'm into that. If there's fan art, yes, there is that. I mean, that's a simple. Wait, do you mean book Holden and Amos or TV Holden and Amos? I, I mean, I'm fine either way. Yeah. Does Does Amos on the show, by the way, to anybody look like Baby Chief from Battlestar Galactica? That's the only thing I can think of. I have not watched it enough to know that. I'm sorry. Oh, they have the same nose. Oh, okay. I really um, that, like Amos. I bet He's that. Yeah. Reference. First of all, sorry, Angela. That reference, I'm sure, killed with a portion of our audience, just not with this panel. Um, okay. Sorry. Now, what were you saying? Thank you. I was just saying that I love Amos. He's one of my favorites. Yeah, he's uh, he's fun for his like his sort of purity, right? Where he just has kind of like this is what I do. Sometimes well, I, mean, I have he, to like, kill you. He sees the world in black and white. Yeah, and yeah. that's like people do see that way. So it's it's nice to have a character who's not constantly intellectualizing i guess everything it's a good balance. because there are people like that and totally i just to go back to this for one second i just think we should finish up on this topic before we move on which is that uh, while scott while you're googling those pictures um <laughs> i definitely feel like i think those people who have written off zero gravity sex i just feel like that's it's premature i think i <laughs> will come up with something it might it, it does sound like it'd be challenging but also like it could be great Sure. Yeah, there's no reason to be pessimistic. Yeah, I mean, I like, think it, I, put two naked people in a room, they'll to, figure it out. Yeah. I think you might have to use, like, the suits or something, though. Like, you might have to have the vacuum suits and the jets. Oh, and, like, maybe just, just mag strategic boots. panels. Yeah. Mag boots would be enough. Mm-hmm. Mag- oh, yeah. Or, um, or yeah, like, on the, on the actual space station, they have a lot of, like, handlebars and, like, wrist straps. I mean, there's a, you'll, you'll be fine. I mean, we'll figure it out. The Russians have already figured this all out, probably, right? Yeah. There's just not enough... Pa- I mean, I don't know. It just feels like you'd bruise easily if trying to get... Anyway. Yeah. There'd be some risks. I don't know. <laughs> I think it'd be fun to try. The safe sex talk would be very different. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So when uh, when two people love each other and have all of the right equipment... <laughs> I like this because it sounds like it's normalizing the kink community. Like the BDSM people, they're like going to be very successful out there. Yeah, yeah they've sure. got it's like more... here's some straps, here's some Velcro. <laughs> they're like, oh, I'm at home. Cracks their knuckles, dives in. <laughs> right. Oh, it's like you do it without straight chains and straps. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> well, right. Except then, what'll happen is there's always like the, that the commu- there's always going to be a community that's pushing it further and so those people will become normalized and then there'll be other people who are like I want to feel the weight of gravity crushing me to death <laughs> or I can't get off and then that's what you're going to have to find those people to hang out with there does um, PM, you can find you can yourself yeah. all right some other other answers uh, at Wham Cocker on Twitter said both the best and the worst part of space all those space shave unders Right. So that was that did seem like the future had was got just catching up with uh, Macklemore. Oh, the undercuts. Point. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I relate to that though. Like if you if there's like no gravity, you don't want that hair just like getting in your face oh, all the time. Reduce yeah. the, the the number totally. of hairs you have. Yeah. I also I mean, the future of fashion is in your face. 
just it's not uh, old fashioned. It's space fashioned. I don't know. Yeah. I space fashion. I do not have a problem with the I don't know, maybe this is embarrassing to admit on the show, but I kind of like them. Not just in space, but in Earth right now. I don't know. I still think they look good. Yeah. Let me ask you this, Alex, because I actually wrote down in my notebook, which is, I'm terrified of the future because the future is aging middle-aged men with mohawks. (laughs) And like, like, I'm not convinced. I'm not always into mohawks. um, But I feel like, this is the thing I was thinking about, is like when you're on the spaceship on this mission to save humanity from uh, uh, vomit zombies... Um, it just seems like you might do your hair differently than if you were like had a chill desk job on Earth, and so mm-hmm. I kind of like these people would be like, yeah, we're doing mohawks, and like part of that is like team bonding. We all got mohawks together or something. <laughs> I don't know. It just seems like it seems like a fun thing for a group to do together. Let's do yeah? it. Yeah, right now, yeah. everybody. Okay. <laughs> I mean, if this, yeah, we're, if in, this... Alex. we're in. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that's what I meant, but I guess I've agreed to it. So let's go. <laughs> I don't want to be the one who backs out now. You just listen. Walk down to the expanse set. You're right there. <laughs> Get that oh, laser shaver that. he's got. Oh, I can't wait. All right. So uh, Sam Friedman on Facebook said uh, the worst part: if you point your ship in a random direction and travel in a straight line forever, you will probably never encounter anything. Yep, it's, that is a bad part about space. It is also well-named. probably not a good thing to do on Earth, though. <laughs> yeah, really, Sam. Pick a direction for a reason. Don't just. You're like, I want to get food. I'm just going to go north, northeast. <laughs> yeah, that might not be great. And be like, I'm going to go on this line and never deviate, even if I see something a little to the right. I mean, maybe pick... <laughs> Use Google Maps to navigate you. Come on, Sam. Yeah. Oh, man. Google Maps in Canada automatically navigates me with meters, and I have no idea what 500 meters from now looks like. Yeah. So when it's like, turn right in 500 meters, Did you wind no up idea. in some, some weird, friendly places? Uh, I guess everything is weird and friendly that's a good description Um, let's see Uh, Sam also says the best part once we have actual ships or stations that people can live on the ghost stories will be epic oh gosh space ghost stories from coast to coast stories yeah Uh, let's see Molly says the best part space is kind of like the ocean where there's definitely some cool shit out there in the darkness like aliens and weird old trash the worst part is that it's kind of like the ocean, and that cool shit will probably try to kill and eat you in the darkness. And space ice cream is never as good as you remember. I'm definitely more afraid of the ocean than the space. Are you? Yeah. Have you ever... Uh, um, I was going to ask if you've ever been on a submarine in the deepest of the ocean, but probably not. <laughs> you know, I haven't, but great question. But if anybody had, it would be you. I just, for some reason, was confident <laughs> that that had come up. You were like, yeah, I met a submarine backstage at Comic-Con, and... <laughs> yeah. Me and Neil Gaiman and God were hanging out on a submarine. Ah, <laughs> oh, yeah, that that seems like you. Uh, I don't know. Weren't there? There used to be submarines at Disneyland. I guess maybe that's what I could have meant. <laughs> Let's say that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, you haven't done that either. Mm-mm. I just Glass I think there's boat. so many things in the ocean. I feel like they conquered the whole ocean. Let's li- let them do that and leave them alone. <gasps> they have not conquered the ocean. There's so much terrifying shit out there. No, no, that's yes. what I'm saying. Those creatures yeah. have conquered the oh, ocean, they've and conquered. we should leave yeah. them the fuck alone. Oh, yes, not us. Yes, agreed, agreed, agreed. Uh, James said, uh, best is all the available parking. Worse <laughs> is uh, missing that last rest stop for 60 light years with a toddler. Wow. Um, yeah. <laughs> He's still got to pee in space. I think you bring your toilet more often than you do on human road trips. 
Fair. Uh, Matthew says, worst part is Minox chewing on your power cables. <laughs> um, also, radiation. <laughs> well, it fair. No, you yeah. just get a little shot in the arm. Put a little uh, cancer killer yeah. pellet in there. You're good. Yeah, they do. I, I like that. Do you guys? Did you guys watch the uh, Elon Musk speech about about Mars? No. When he was like, "Here's how we're gonna go to Mars." No. Okay. Uh, my favorite part was somebody from the audience asked him, "Like, what about radiation?" And he was like, "Eh, we'll figure it out." It was just really <laughs> casual about space radiation, and I, I was I thought that was admirable. I love his optimism. Helen says the worst part is no chocolate, and also not really oxygen. <laughs> Uh, which uh, reminds me, there is that great scene about cheese, right? That was sweet. Yeah, where they oh, all yeah, like missed cheese, cheese, and then there was the cheese heist, and I just thought that yeah, whole was so scene cute. was written and filmed so tenderly. Like, I really just appreciated how that scene came together. Like, I don't know, it was a good scene. That was when, yeah, when they were like uh, bonding over as a family right before they had to go into that terrible situation. Yeah, and Amos and and um, uh, uh, Miller. Miller. Right. Miller, yeah, had to kind of like make up and like, oh, I felt real. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was too cute. And they were they were eating uh, space lasagna. Space yeah, lasagna, yeah. which is which has that special uh, pan that you see on uh, as like, probably Shark Tank. The brownie edge pan, the pan of yeah. the future. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was amazing. <laughs> um, I have a sci-fi nerd question for you guys. Yes. That episode that that happened in is called Safe, which is also the name of an episode of Firefly. Does anybody know why? I don't. I'm wondering if oh, that's Oh, I thought for thing. sure you were doing that as a, like, pub quiz. Well, I mean, it felt like a very Firefly scene, so I was wondering if that was why. Cause, like, them hanging out and bonding, even though some of them are dicks or whatever. So, this is probably not a great answer, but safe is also the, a word that has other meanings. Uh, what? Uh, like what? Like, uh, it's where you put your valuables uh, so that a bank robber can find them. It's just a very famous episode title. I'm just okay. I'll stop. You're more. I mean, this is the. You're totally likely to be right, and I do not know the answer. I I just I was wondering like if a lot of things are called safe or because they weren't like that safe, you know? Because like they're still in the expanse. Yeah, it's true. No sci-fi TV show episode title in joke. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Maybe there was a Star Trek episode save. Yeah. All right. I'll pretend like I get it, and it's really funny. All right, let me just wrap up a couple more quick uh, lightning bonus rounds. Uh, Jeremy mentioned the pooping in zero G, zero G would be a problem. Um, uh, although, oh, which were, not although. Also, that reminds me um, of that. Uh, there was like a there's a transcript from one of the Apollo missions, I think, where like a turd got loose in space. <laughs> And there's this great, it's just this great transcript where one of, like, they're talking to... Yeah, that's from Packing uh, for Mars, right? It's also, yeah, it's also from Packing yeah. for Mars. Man, what a great book. <laughs> I mean, if this, if we give you one thing, you guys, and really... Please I read mean, it, it's really good. <laughs> it's so good, and, and so is everything Mary Roach has ever written. She is just a pure delight. Um, I, uh, you know, have you guys read other Mary Roach? Do you, do you, are you know what I'm talking about? Nah. She, yeah, bit. she wrote about, Man. like, death. The one about that. Yeah, she wrote one about. She wrote one about. um, Yeah, she wrote Grunt is the new one, I think, and and she wrote Pang for Mars. Before that, she also wrote she wrote Bonk, which is about people who study sex, about sex studies, and um, it's really interesting and very funny. Uh, And she wrote, yeah, she wrote one about cadavers and what like the that part of the scientific community. So she's like just the most. She's just the best funny storyteller about like 
interesting tidbits in science. Oh, she's the best. Um, uh, and then let's see. Uh, uh, oh, I wanted to read this. This is the cutest answer. The best part, this is from Robin on Facebook. The best part in zero G. Oh, it's Robin with a Y. So maybe she's actually a, a porn channel. Um, <laughs> best part in zero G, you don't have to worry about losing circulation in your arm when you're cuddling or spooning. Oh, yeah. So everyone else was like talking about the boning and Robin was like, but what about the cuddling? Oh, Robin, you've uh, got a pure heart. Sweet. And then she went on to say the no, worst part is gasping futilely for your breath is your intense gravity cuddling. <laughs> no. <laughs> Robin went on to say, Robin, who is pure of heart, went on to say the worst part is gra- gasping futilely for breath as your eyeballs freeze and your blood boils within your very flesh. So yeah, that's hot. I really like our listeners. Uh <laughs> I like our listeners more than I like your sex life. Um, <laughs> so that's lightning bonus round. You can play by going to facebook.com slash read and weep or on Twitter at read underscore weep. And you can answer the question of the week and whatever we're talking about. Um, so that's the end of the lightning bonus round. Now we're going to go into our minor comments. Round. We're going to wrap this up. Thank you. Uh, we're going to wrap this up right now. Um, so the last nice thing you're going to say about the show, we're uh, going to go in reverse order. Scott, you're up first. I need one more compliment from you. Um, I really like... And it was disorienting at first, and I'm like, oh, I love the camera work. Not a fan of the editing, but the camera work does this thing where it's not just shaky cam, it's swingy cam. Like, you can imagine how, like, when you're on a swing, the path the swing kind of takes. Oh, interesting. So it it really creates this sense of, like, which way is up, or that up is sort of subtly shifting, and that your gravity isn't really stable. I don't know, I, I, I watched, I'm like, oh, this is disorienting and that's the whole point um yeah and then as i got more used to it i felt like i was sort of becoming akin to what it's like to live life in space so yeah that was a great compliment um my compliment is way less good than that my compliment is that the uh tyco station logo looks like underpants <laughs> wait what i don't know if you guys noticed this it's like a shield with a t in the middle and the t touches the bottom middle but doesn't go all the way to the top which looks very much like underpants. And so every time uh, while they're on Tyco Station, whenever they go by or the Tyco oh, Station totally looks workers, like underpants. It looks like underpants. I know. And uh, I love it. And every time I saw it, it made me giggle because I am a child. And I was like, oh, they're part of Team Underpants over there. Uh, continuing backwards, uh, Natalie, what's your minor compliment? Ooh. Um, I want it. <laughs> Remember, this has to be great. This has no, to be your best line of this whole podcast. Well, there's just some. Um, I, I'm, but I don't know if it's true. I'm happy that Miller's dead. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know if oh. maybe he's going to come back since I haven't read the books. But yeah, well, let's I, not talk about it then. But I'm glad great. you're happy. Yeah, that's a great compliment. Yeah, I am. He's gross. Die on Venus forever. <laughs> For people who do know the whole series, I will just say that I just read the second book and just finished it like a few weeks ago. Oh, gosh, you have so much to learn. I know, but also relevant to what Natalie just said, but I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> uh, all right, Angela, that leaves you. What's your minor compliment for The Expanse? I am a huge fan of it exploring the use of things much too large to be weapons as weapons. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Well, so one of the interesting things about the way they talk about weapons is just like, uh, like a rock, if you just toss it down a gravity well, will destroy things. 
And then yeah. they're like, but also, so we have like just that tiny thing, but also like, what if we use the Mormon spaceship to like <laughs> billiard ball some pla- some asteroids around? Yeah. Oh, it's so cool. I love it. I I really like the payoff of the giant Mormon spaceship. It's probably my favorite. Oh, so good. <laughs> it's a and nice it, giant spaceship you have. <laughs> I love if you read the books, like the spaceship keeps getting commandeered for different purposes, book to book, and then the Mormons never get their ship back. It's really funny. And I do feel a little bit bad for them, but uh, things work out for them after we die because they're probably right. <laughs> Right? Yeah, you're right. Women shouldn't have rights. <laughs> uh, yeah, Thank that's, God and also, prob- yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, and also like, but but like in the future, they've finished baptizing all of the victims of the Holocaust, so they don't have to be doing that anymore. So that's not despicable. This is, everything's gonna be better for them in the future. Good news. <laughs> have you heard the good news? <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody, that is it for our show. Thank you so much for listening. We're going to be back again next week. Next week, we're talking about 1984. Oh, God. I know. Because you really want to be happy after the election. (laughs) Well, I mean, it is a good book, and it's important. I don't want to be just pure happiness. I don't want to ignore things. I want to, like, and this is great because it's it's election adjacent without being the election. Um, Because after the election, it became a bestseller. George Orwell Orwell might be listening, so just be careful. Oh, God. Oh, that's so much pressure. I'm going to have to address him the whole book, the whole podcast. Just listen, George. This whole thing sounds more like 1940s Russia than modern America, but I appreciate that you're trying. Um, anyway, uh, that's going to be really interesting. So, I, And I haven't read it since high school, so it's been kind of an experience. Um, and uh, I think I liked Aldous Huxley's Brave New World better because there was more uh, drugs and fucking. Um but uh, it's been an interesting reread so far, so I can't wait to talk more about that. Did you guys all read 1984 in school or recently? Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you have any inclination to reread it given the present present climate? Um, uh, I'm just sticking to Harry Potter, you know. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. Interesting. No. Um, all right. Well, anyways, just come back for that next week. Uh, and... Uh, that, that and more insight available on the next podcast. Um, <laughs> you can also look for great contributions like that by Scott at Scottly on Twitter. I haven't and tweeted in like four years. Neither, Ezra never did either, but uh, <laughs> yeah, that's that's what we, uh, we still got to do. Well, it's, it's funny. I actually think your website doesn't exist. So, um, what? I think this last time I checked, Scottly.com was like broken. Scottly, embarrassing. Oh, my. oh boy, yeah. yeah. It's because I paid for it on a credit card ten years ago that I don't even have anymore. I think it's a real problem. All right. Anyway, well, so not, you, I guess me. you guys, if you like Scott, um, you have no more opportunities. Like, hopefully, you run into him at a bar or something because he is <laughs> too fucking bad. He's not on the internet. Um, <laughs> but uh, also, and so more fun on the internet at Fistful of Hollas. Fist, F U L O F. H-O-L-L-A-S Fistful of Hollows Yeah And I have a podcast uh, too Check it out You do Tell us about your podcast It's called Sexual Awaken Baking Uh <laughs> Fuck 
Yeah, yeah it's we uh, we talk about formative sex and drug experiences usually while high, and it's pretty funny. Lots of comics. So local you, you comic talk club. about um, sex experiences while you're high, and then you talk about your formative drug experiences while you're doing it. <laughs> Ooh, that's a good idea for our next Just live for, show. Yeah. While being crushed by space. Check it out yeah. on the Actually, Space Scott, are you channel. available? I'd love to get to the root. <laughs> I, I mean, that was a joke, you but also Scott would regret. be Scott would be a fascinating storyteller for that show. Um, and then also, uh, yeah, by, this is, podcast is the best thing to promote on podcasts. So, Angela, yeah, uh, tell us okay. about Gosh Darn Fiasco. Can I tell you about my other podcast, actually? Uh, I just started it. It first second it's episode called comes cool people tomorrow. i know that you haven't met it's called you should write a song about that and it's a podcast where we interview somebody cool and then we write a song about the interview oh, that's awesome that's cute that. yeah it's pretty adorable and fun and it's Check just it started yeah. um awesome we'll find that wherever you can find podcasts you can also follow her at angela maweber on uh, twitter <laughs> mafalco <laughs> It's been a pleasure. Uh, All right, we'll talk to everybody next week. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye.